No matter who you are, things in your life probably aren't going as expected, whatever that means. But the things you are doing right now, no matter what they are, that's your life. It's not a plan B. I'm your host, Madeline Mortensen, and you're listening to This Is Not A Backup Plan. I had so much fun the past two weeks talking with you about home buying. I am really excited though because this week we're going to switch gears and we're going to do an interview with one of my friends. The friend that I interviewed for this week's podcast is Annie Foster. She and I went to Utah State University together and as I was figuring out how I felt about being a single adult and what I felt about what my life would look like if I wasn't married, Annie was one of the people who was also figuring that out with me. It was really comforting to know what she was thinking to see what she was doing. And so this week I asked her if we could talk a little bit about that. If we could talk a little bit about what her journey has been, what her life is looking like now, and how she's been redefining what her expectations for her life were. I am so excited for you to hear this interview. I think there's a lot that you're going to love and just really glad that Annie took the time to chat with me. Thank you so much for joining me, Annie. I've been really looking forward to chatting with you. Before we get into our conversation, will you take a minute and just introduce yourself? I'm Annie Foster. I'm 27 and I went to school studying English and now I work somewhat using that and also learning a bunch of other skills and I love books and reading. That's how we connected Originally, we had a shared love of the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society and all things Anne Shirley. So I love that. And then I also love just doing lots of things with my hands. I love playing the piano, cooking, baking, artsy things. So that's a little bit about me. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, I was just thinking as I was knowing that we were going to get ready and chat today, I was thinking about when I met you and it would have been when we were like, midway through our degrees at Utah State and when we were living in the same area, like in the same church congregation. And one of the things that I really remember, I don't know how far this was into our relationship, was just talking about our lives as single adults in a culture that had really prioritized marriage and prioritized women staying at home, which meant that if you're a single woman who's looking at a career, that you're looking at things that you hadn't imagined and even things that had maybe been discouraged for you to do as a woman. And so we were talking about it and you said, I was thinking about it and I thought, will my life be okay if I don't get married? And you said that you like really had been like thinking about that question and you thought, you know what? Absolutely. It will. Like I'm going to have a good life no matter what happens. And I feel like talking about that with you at this point, when I was really coming to terms with the fact that maybe I'll get married, maybe I won't, but I think things are going to be okay. Hearing you say that as well was really comforting. And so to start out this conversation, I just wanted to talk about, have you talk about maybe what you envisioned your life would be when you were younger and how that vision changed and how you um, accepted feels like the phrase I don't want to use because this is not like a tragic thing that is occurring. But how did your perspective change and how did you become more open and more okay with your life looking different than you imagined? Yeah, I love that. So I think what I always imagined was, I think I just imagined that my life would probably go really similarly to how my mom's life went, just because that's 
like what I had seen modeled as, oh, I want to be like my mom when I grow up. And my mom went to school and then she served a mission. And then shortly after she got home, she met my dad and they got married and then had seven kids. And so I just envisioned that was what my life would look like too, that I would also go to school, go on a mission, get married, have seven kids. So I did go to school served a mission, went back to school. But then all of a sudden I was graduating with a degree instead of a husband. And I just felt, I don't know, I felt like a little bit lost. I wasn't close to a lot of people who had been in those shoes or that I remembered like seeing going through those same things. And so I felt like it was a little bit hard to kind of I don't know, come to terms with. I guess I just hadn't really envisioned actually using my degree. I had specifically chosen it because I felt like it would be a good degree full-time or part-time, but I envisioned, oh, this would be a great degree for being a mom if I needed to do something on the side. I studied technical writing, by the way. And anyway, so I kind of went into it with that mindset, but I'm really grateful about a week, probably a week or two before I graduated. I had an institute teacher who I just really loved. And when he found out I was graduating, he asked if I would want to come and meet with him. And so I said that I did and I went and met with him and he said he just liked to check in on all of the, sounds kind of weird, but like all the single girls that were graduating because he said he knew that sometimes that was just like a little bit of a hard spot to be in. Sometimes it was just a little unexpected and that was certainly the case for me. And so he was asking me more about what my plans were and I just really didn't know what they were. I wasn't super clear on what I wanted to do with my degree, but he gave me some advice that's really, I feel like has really shaped my life the last almost four years. And he shared like a something that Elder Oaks had posted on his Facebook account quite a while ago, but he was sharing something that like a single woman had posted and she had said like her number one desire was to be a wife and a mom. And she was just feeling really sad that that wasn't coming to be basically, but that one day she had just had this really strong thought come to mind that her priorities needed to be changed around a little bit and that discipleship of Jesus Christ needed to be her first priority. And that if that was her first one, any of the other ones could come after, but like she would essentially be able to feel peace and joy if she did that. And so he really encouraged me and invited me to make that my first priority And I just feel like that's really shaped my life, honestly, for the past few years. Discipleship to me is just like loving and serving God and loving and serving others. And I've just felt like when I make that my first priority, I always belong. There's always someone for me to love. There's always someone for me to help. And I don't feel as much like I'm the odd person out because I always have a purpose and I can find fulfillment like every single day in those little pieces of discipleship and loving the people around me and serving them. So I feel like that's been a really big piece of my journey with coming to just kind of accept my life, whatever the reality of it happens to be at the moment. I really like the idea of 
changing your focus to loving and serving people. I think something that is a double-sided sword that I've experienced is because I grew up anticipating that I would be married, that I would be a mother, that I wouldn't use my degree, not because I wasn't interested in things beyond that, but because the culture I was growing up in prescribed that role like very narrowly. And I was like, yeah, like I am good at following the rules and those are good things to do. So I can follow the rules. I can do those good things because that was my focus. I didn't like have a dream career. I didn't have like ambitions for areas of my life outside of what my role might be in a family and in a very traditional family setting. And so sometimes I feel frustrated because I think I don't have a five-year plan. I don't have a 10-year plan. I don't know what my dream is. But at the same time, I feel like when I was graduating, I had a similar thought come to mind is like, I don't know what I'm doing next, but I know that I want to be happy. And for me, like being happy requires me like learning. It requires me having connection with other people. It requires me doing things that make my community better. Like those are essential to me to feel happy. And so I decided I'm going to focus on feeling happy. And if I don't feel happy, if I don't feel like a richness in my life, I'm going to adjust. And I think loving and serving people, like that's when I was picking happy as value, it was because of those elements that was important to me. And so in a world that, whether it's in a religious context or not, in a world that doesn't always do very well with creating spaces for single women, adjusting your perspective to I can love and serve gives you a powerful tool to find your own spaces. Yes, I totally agree. And I totally feel you on the, I don't know, I feel like it's really hard to make long-term plans and I don't know, just long-term goals have just been kind of hard for me because I feel like I'm just at a spot where I'm like, oh, I could do a whole bunch of things at any moment. Like I could switch careers. I could change where I live. I could make all these changes relatively quickly. But I feel like having that focus of, oh, I want to love and serve others or like what you were saying, I'm going to do things that bring richness and happiness to my life. I feel like those are things that just add to your life on a super daily basis rather than just like being these big milestones every, I don't know, few years or so. And I think like coming from a background where like you and I were raised to choose the right. And I think often that was talked about as a child, like there's one right thing to do. Like you have to find the one right thing to do. And as an adult, I'm finding that actually, usually I'm in situations where there's one or two really bad things I can do. And then a whole lot of things that could actually be a fine choice. And so I think about Anna and Frozen 2, do the next right thing. And I just, I take the next right step. And then I find the confidence to take the next right step. And whether that's for someone in a spiritual sense, whether that's for someone in a work sense, whether that's for someone in a friend or relationship sense, like the best thing I can do is to take the next right step. And it is true that certain choices will exclude you from certain paths, but you have to move forward. And when you move forward, you find the different opportunities that come along. Yes, I totally agree. Well, and I've been so surprised by all the opportunities that have shown themselves that when I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. I was like, single at that moment because I was able to take this opportunity or that I was living on my own or I lived in a house with a whole bunch of girls and that was like an opportunity in and of itself that I'm just so grateful that I got that opportunity and so yeah I feel like I've just seen that in my own life too as I've taken steps forward more and more opportunities arise there's not a lack of opportunities if you're willing to take steps forward more will just keep coming So you mentioned like different opportunities that presented themselves because you were single. And I'd love to hear more about those. I don't want to speak for you, but like I am not single 
because I've actively chosen to not be married. I'm just actually someone that hasn't ever dated anyone. And although I love that idea, like it's just not something that's worked out for me. And so sometimes I feel frustrated because I feel like people might look at my life as a single woman as something that's happened to me, but I actively choose my life every day. And I actively make choices in my life every day, even though it's not like I turned down a marriage proposal. I actively choose my single life every day. And so I want to hear about the opportunities you've had and the ways that you like actively choose the life that you have? Yeah. So I think, I think there are a lot of things. Most of them for me are related to other people. Just like, I feel like I've been able to have so many relationships with people like men and women because I've been single. I feel like in a lot of my, a lot of the church wards that I've been in, I've been able to have good relationships with the guys in our ward. Like I've probably met a lot more guys and on more dates with them, I definitely have gone on more dates being single than I would being married. But I've just got to meet a lot more people that way. I've had way more roommates. I got to be a part of an institute choir that was just for single students. And that was really fun. Like we just got to sing a whole bunch of different places. We got to go to seminaries and sing to kids. This last summer, I got to go on trek with my steak, which was really fun. I was just on their cooking committee. People have been really good to me to just take me in. I think I can sometimes get scared of feeling like a third wheel or like feeling like a bother to people, but I'm just so grateful for just the friends in my life who even after they've gotten married, they still invite me over and uh, we still do things together or four of my siblings have all gotten married and like their spouses have just been so kind. And I just feel like they've just been so good to like include me in things, even if I'm not in exactly that same stage that they're at. And so I feel like that's just been really special to me too. I think that's really cool to talk about, like to think about like when you are a singular unit, it's really easy for you to be added to a lot of different circumstances. Yeah. I interviewed Aubrey Bennion and she was talking about how she's like, as a single person, like she's like, I invite myself to things all the time because it's not very, <laughs> it's not very much work to include me. It's not very much work to add me on. Like I just fit. And so I think, yes, if you have a family that like is your unit that you're taking care of, that's really rich. If you're a single person who can fit in a lot of spaces, like the diversity of people and experiences that you get to participate in, like that's really exciting and really unique. I feel like a floater or like the last few weeks I've been thinking, you know, when you play Uno, how that has those wild cards. I just feel like a wild card sometimes in the way of just, yeah, I can work with that. If it's like, sometimes it's the most random groups of people, but I'm just kind of like, yeah, sure. Like I can go fit in with them and I feel like that's just been really fun to like have all of those different experiences and to get to just learn from people in all different walks of life or different situations. I will say sometimes it's a little stressful. I just want to be a green two or something and like know where I belong. But I also think that it's just a cool opportunity to get to be able to be that wild card that can go wherever someone needs you. I really like that perspective because sometimes it feels like all the world is like a round hole and you're a square peg because 
that's not just in your head. I just think that's, it's not just in your head. There's lots of things that are structured in our world that make it so, oh, you're not part of a family unit. We don't know what to do with you. But reframing it and like, no, like people like the surprise of a wild card. What's helped you feel the confidence and give yourself permission to do that? Because the flip side of going anywhere is you're often a new person. You're meeting a lot of new people. Like you said, like when you're a green too, you know what the expectations are. When you're a wild card, like you're constantly having to learn new things. Like how do you balance like the stress? How do you grow in confidence to be able to do that? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think what it comes down to for me is discipleship. What I was talking about before and specifically like looking for ways that I can help because I've just noticed I am much less stressed if I can find something to do to like help someone, I feel more useful. Where if I'm just like sitting around waiting for someone to help me or include me, that makes me so nervous. Cause I'm like, what if they don't talk to me? What if they don't say anything? What if I'm just stuck here being this awkward third wheel? And so I think I found that just the best antidote for that is just to look for someone who is like more scared than you are, I guess. My dad used to always give us this lecture before the first day of school. And he would say, now I know you kids are nervous to go to school and it's going to be a new year. Like you've got a new teacher and all these things. But he would always remind us that there were probably new kids at our school who didn't know anyone and who didn't know any teachers and didn't know their way around. And he just always counseled us to look for them and try to help them. And basically, if we would help them, we would probably feel a lot less scared. And so I feel like that's really served me through a lot of relationships too, is just look for someone you can help, look for a way to be helpful. And that always seems to calm me down a little bit. I think that's really good advice. That's probably helpful when you're deciding like what your next steps are. Like, where am I helpful? Where could I make a difference? I don't like when people act like, single people don't have stuff that they're taking care of because we're busy. We have things we're taking care of. However, we get to pick some of the way we use our time in the way that someone that's married, someone that has children doesn't. Some of the time we get more freedom in choosing it. And so thinking about where am I helpful probably lends itself to some fun opportunities or some unique opportunities that maybe if your life was going differently, you wouldn't have the time to try out. Yes, for sure. And it's fun. Yeah. Cause usually things that I feel really helpful with are like within my skill set. And so I don't know. I just feel like things that are within my skill set are funner than things that I don't know how to do. And so, yeah, I feel like even at my job right now, I had expressed some interest in working a little bit more with other people because I do a lot just working on a computer. And anyway, my bosses have just been super awesome and have been like thinking of things for me to do and talking about different things. And so I feel like just that, you know, what started out as me just wanting to be more helpful and like wanting to use skills and interests that I already have like turned into something even at my workplace, which has been really cool. That's really exciting. I want to talk a little bit more about your job. When we were preparing for this, you're like, this is a company I was at like a few years ago, like when I was younger, when I was still in school and you are living at home again. And just tell me a little bit about making those decisions, the concerns you had with them and then what the experience has been like. So last, let's see, last summer, I'm still living in Logan. I graduated a couple years earlier, but was bouncing around to a bunch of different jobs. I had gotten my degree and then all of a sudden I was like, I don't know if I actually want to do this. So I was working at a school. I was doing some editing. I was working for the university, just trying out a bunch of things. 
But I was getting to the point where I needed to get one full-time job with benefits instead of several part-time jobs. And was it because you were turning 26? Yeah, how was that the looming deadline? <laughs> was your 26th birthday? That's exactly what it was. So yeah, 26th birthday was looming. And um, so the job actually really came and found me. I had worked there before my mission and it was a good place. I was just working in production at the time. So I was working on an assembly line. So I didn't really expect to go back, even though I knew there were other positions at the company. But one of the owners actually called my mom seeing if any of my other siblings might want to work there over the summer. And my mom had said that I was looking for something and did they have anything that might fit the bill? And he was like, yeah, actually, like we would love to have her come in for an interview. We're looking for someone for this position. So I felt like there was a lot of just, if a job comes and finds you, you should look into it. And anyway, but it's been really cool to be there. It's really close to my parents' house. So I will say I was a little bit nervous to move home just because I'd been living on my own. I'd been independent and I felt like it was going to be a step back that way. But I have just been so pleasantly surprised. I was telling you earlier, but I feel like the feeling just reminds me of reading a book that you loved as a child, as an adult, and just like remembering all those parts that you loved when you were younger and also seeing it with new eyes as an adult. Like that's totally how I felt moving home again. And working at my job has been really good too. I'm in like a totally different position working with other people, but it's just fun to know about the other parts of the company, see so many different parts of it, how it works together. And it's just been really fun to live with my parents again and live with them as adults and as as I am an adult. And yeah, just to have kind of traditions with them, like every Tuesday night when my sisters are at Young Women's, we watch a show together or just having more adult conversations or they'll leave me little notes sometimes or just all sorts of things like that have just been really fun. Like it's just really surprised me how cool it's been to move back home. What you're experiencing, I think is like a very normal part of an experience for our generation. People always talk about like millennials, they move back home, but like, it's not our fault. (laughs) It's just the way the world is that sometimes we need that extra support. And I think we've all found ourselves back at home for various periods of time. And like you said, like, it's like, I've been independent. Like, is this going to be okay? Can you tell me about what you feel like has helped you to feel like you're still moving forward and maybe what choices or what things you've done to implement to still feel like you have your independence and that you're moving forward, even though you are revisiting some things that maybe you didn't anticipate you'd revisit? Yeah. I think there have been a lot of really great things about moving home. Maybe one of the greatest was about a week after I moved home, or maybe it was just a few days, I had put some laundry in the dirty clothes basket. And when I got home from work, they were clean and folded on my bed, which I was not used to because I had just been doing my laundry for so long. And also we all have a dinner night. So we all just take turns. I'm not making dinner every night. And so I feel like just that, I guess, opportunity of living and being part of a family unit. I guess I never stopped being part of our family unit, but like being back in our household has just given me a little bit more time to do things that I've cared about or really wanted to do. I've been able to read a whole bunch more than I have for years. Like I've just really gotten to read a lot and I've been 
practicing the piano a lot more and just spending more quality time with my family has been really good. And so I feel like just moving forward in those little ways, they're not like huge things, but like making progress in those ways is really important. And also just the opportunity of getting to build those relationships stronger with each of my family members that are still living at home, like really holds a lot of weight for me too. So that's been really awesome. I love that. I think that's a huge thing. There are like different, very good articles I read about, about how like our country is not built for single person households and like the challenges that people face and just like the pointing out that like being a part of an active family unit has so many benefits to it and the different opportunities that affords I think that's really cool yeah I also would love to just put out a plug too for living with roommates that has been one of the best experiences of my life too like to be able to be close to other people and like I've just made some of my very best friends from being roommates with people. So I just think that's such a cool opportunity too to have, just to get to learn about different people, learn how they load the dishwasher different than your family loads the dishwasher, just all the funny, just fun things that come with that. I just think that's a really, really cool opportunity too. And I just think that there should be more normalization of living with other people, whether it's roommates, whether it's moving home again, whatever yeah. it is, because it is a huge burden to live somewhere completely alone. There are benefits to being somewhere completely alone, but it's a huge cost burden. And then other types of burdens that it adds to it, it needs to be more normalized that especially like in the economy that we live in, that's very necessary and it's okay. And, and it's a good thing. Yeah. And there are challenges, but also like you said, like lots of different benefits too. Totally. We were like, so we talked before this in case people haven't noticed. And there were other, there were lots of really great things you were sharing. Do you feel like we've been catching all those things or do you feel like there have been important ones that we've missed that you want to add before you wrap up? I think we've touched on most of them. Oh, I will say one thing that I have found a lot of joy in is, so at this point in my life, if I was where my mom was, I would have two kids by now. And I just think it, I really like sewing. I like making little things. And so if I was where I thought I would be, I would probably be making things for like my own kids. But I feel like one thing that's been really fulfilling for me is just taking those things that I kind of wanted to do or expected to do in my own life and just finding a way to still do those with other people. So like I've I made a little dress for one of my best friend's babies or just like doing, finding an outlet to do those things has just been really fun. And it's cool. Like it's just brought me a lot of joy and I don't know, I think it's built those relationships even stronger. And so I think that even if there are things in your life that you wish you were doing for yourself, like there are ways to still like fulfill that by helping other people with it. Like I've helped several of my siblings with their weddings. I always thought I would have planned my own by now, but it's been really fun to get to help them with theirs too. And so I think there's no shame in that. Like that's just been something, I don't know. I guess I would have thought that would be a lot harder to like give up this thing that I wanted, but I found that when I take that thing that I wanted and give it to someone that I love, that it brings me a lot of joy. 
I think sometimes there are things we want and we think about the outward manifestation of the thing. But if like you go back a few steps and you like find the desire or the need that's pulling on that, there are different ways that the outward manifestation can look. There still might be things you want. There still might be things that you can't recreate exactly the way you want to. But if you step back and you're like, what's the desire that this fulfills? There are different ways to connect with that desire. Yes, for sure. Yes, I love that. I think sometimes too, like I just think about sometimes I'll be like, I want like a wedding now because (laughs) I want a party where everyone that I love feels obligated to come to this party. And people do that for weddings, but it's hard to convince people to do that for another party. And so like very small scale, but like when I turned 25, like I had a birthday party at my house. You came to this. I had a birthday party at my house. Like I had treats and everyone come and like I feel like because of COVID, because some people were moving, because I was turning 25, people felt really compelled. And like, I don't want a wedding because I want to be married right now. I don't. I don't want to just upend my life for that. I'm very happy with my life, but I want a party where the people I love feel compelled to come. And so there is a different way to have that. Yes. Yes. I love that. And Maddie, I feel like you're so good at that. I just feel like you're so good at bringing people into your life. And I know one thing that I just have this really vivid memory of is coming to literary society at your house. And I remember one of your friends was there and they had a little baby and you were like, oh, hold on, let me go get my little thing of toys for them. And you like went into the other room and pulled out this whole bin of toys for the baby. And anyway, I just remember being so impressed with that because... I was like, dang, like Maddie is so, she has her life together enough that she's like getting things for her friends. But also I just feel like you're so good at like welcoming people and just making your life such a fun place for other people and for yourself. I just think that's so cool. Thank you. I think so. I just want to say like what literary society was. I miss literary society and just between Things in my life changing and between the pandemic happening, it just wasn't really recreatable in the way it was. But when Annie and I were living in the same area, this was the year after I graduated college or maybe like the end of me graduating college, I would have these literary society parties where we'd have a theme and you'd bring a book related to the theme. And it works really well as a book club for busy people because you don't have to read a new book, but you still can talk about books. And we had a lot of fun. A lot of different people came to literary society. And I just think that that's one of the things that I love about being single is like you said, like collecting different opportunities, different experiences. I'm an easy tag along and I get to have a variety of friends of different stages, friends with little people, even some friends that are younger. I get to spend time with my sister in a way I wouldn't. And so I think, I don't know what the future will bring. Like I have hopes for my future, but I know that if this is what my life continued to look like, it would continue to be really wonderful because all lives are wonderful. Like your life, your choices are wonderful and they're joyful and they're rich and you get to own them and they get to be primary. They aren't secondary. They aren't just occurring because something more important didn't happen. Yes, I totally agree. I love that. Anything else you want to share in conclusion? I don't think so. I think that's all. Thank you so much for joining me. I really had so much fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much to Annie for her time. Thank you so much to you for listening. I look forward to getting to share these conversations with you every week. They are so much fun for me to record, so much fun for me to collect, so enlightening and informative for me to collect. And I hope that they are the same for you when you listen. 
please take a minute and rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Doing so really helps me connect with others, helps me grow the audience, and helps make the work I'm doing possible. You can find me on Twitter at Madeline K. You can find this podcast on Instagram at Not a Backup Plan. You can support this work on Patreon. And until next time, remember this is your life, it's not a plan B. Bye.